I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey everybody, welcome to part two of A Matter of Truth. Quick introduction, Uh, we are going to conclude the episode that we aired earlier in the month and this is going to be the continuation of that conversation between myself, Anthony, and Janelle. I'll pass the ball over to uh, to Janelle if you want to, you want to outline sanctification? Yeah, I think, you know, sanctification is a work in us, not for us to do. So it's the Holy Spirit, you know, guiding us to maturity and holiness and making us more Christ-like. So like the goal of sanctification is the renewal of the image of God. So we are still image bearers, but because the image was distorted in the garden with Adam and Eve in the first sin, you know, we're still image bearers, but we bear the marks of Uh, the scars of sin as well. So sanctification is renewing us to that original image of God. Like that. That's yeah. (laughs) I like that a lot. Alex, my turn. You go. Uh Oh, (laughs) buckle your seatbelts. Ladies and gentlemen, you got, you got the soapbox nice and sturdy. (laughs) I'm just playing. So here is my pastoral um, advice and understanding of sanctification. First of all, you cannot be sanctified unless you are justified. Yes. Agree. Amen. Good. All right. Can't, you, can't, you can't separate that. Right. <laughs> no. Just, justification. And then I, I got a good uh, point after you talk about that a little bit. No, hit your point now because I'm looking at something. Okay. So to that point, absolutely spot on. So we know that sanctification has a definite beginning at regeneration. You're justified and, and, and once you're, you are given a new heart, regeneration happens and your sanctification begins. The Holy Spirit starts working. He's inserted this, this wealth of, of wisdom, knowledge that only comes from God in, in, mm-hmm. in highlighting your walk in being sanctified. So if you were to paint the picture before I go into my uh, explanation here, if you were to paint the picture of what sanctification looks like in a person's life, could you do that for me really quick? Um, well, it's going to look different because sanctification is not the same. Yeah, I think that's what I was going to say too. <laughs> it's greater in some than others. It's it, it and it's not completed obviously until death, and we are glorified. So, um, I, I think I I I, I, w- I would say this with respect to the definite beginning. Meaning, can you paint it before and after? It's going to look different. But I think one, uh, one John three nine kind of highlights how there is a definite beginning. Um, hold on. I had a bookmark um, here. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning for God's divided in him and he cannot keep on sinning because he's been born of God. And even first Corinthians six eleven supports um, this definite beginning at regeneration, but you were washed, mm-hmm. you were sanctified, you know, it. you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. Yes. So let me, let me try to paint 
the picture a little bit, if I can. Um, understanding sanctification. People, I feel, and I and I hear this a lot of times. I get DMs about it all the time. You and I have had <sighs> countless conversations, hours that have spanned across this around what does it look like for somebody to walk out their sanctification? Because Paul tells us, right, to walk out your sanctification with fear and trembling, right? Does the Apostle Paul not say that? So if we were to take scripture as a whole and, and, and try to view it in this lens as, as God's complete redemptive plan, we can look at the apostles. It's kind of two parts. Part one is them living through the time of the gospel. And we've talked about this in our Mark series that they are uh, completely and mostly ignorant of who Jesus Christ is through the most of his ministry. They have moments of great shining brilliance, but then the rest of the time they're kind of dull and it, it takes them until the death and resurrection of Christ and the ascension of Jesus and the Holy spirit to come upon them for them to finally get the full picture. And you can say, you know, if you were to try to paint in the apostles minds or in their lifespan, like when did justification happen? And when were they reconciled? When did they become regenerated? You can argue that it was when Jesus calls them from the shoreline to, you know, leave their fishing boat and to follow him. You can, you can argue it at that time. You can argue it that it wasn't until the Holy Spirit uh, came upon them. And both arguments would, would have scriptural support. Mm -hmm. But what about if they were set aside, as Paul writes in Ephesians, before the foundations of the world. What if our reconciliation and our regeneration happens before our lifespan? And I'm just, I'm just kind of spitballing here. Mm -hmm. uh, I've really no foundation for this argument other than Paul's writing and that we are set aside before the foundations of the world. But to think about like for, for my walk, right? I grew up in a non-Christian household. I heard the gospel preached a little bit in my teenage years, but I wasn't truly saved. Even though I did things for the church, I went on mission trips. I, you know, I did uh, youth work. I helped in the communities. I did all of that stuff. Was I, uh, you know, was I uh, regenerated then, or was it not until my mid twenties when I actually knew a deeper understanding of the person of Jesus Christ? You could argue it both cases in my life. If you were to like know me on the, you know, day by day scale of my life, you could argue on both, both ends, just as you could to the apostles. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I see what you're saying. And I think there is I'm, in fact an overall calling. I think that's the theological term, um, you know, throughout a person's life. And um, you know, that calling then leads to the point of they put their faith in Christ it, and they are given a, a, a regenerated heart. That's that's what we're, we're what we're talking what you're talking about. Right. Well, the, the order, the order of salvation. Right. And, and, and there's a reason I'm and there's a reason I'm going down this 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 path. Because I feel like we get. We want to we want to make everything intricate we want to paint this philosophical picture and be able to put a pin on every little jot in our life mm -hmm. and and by that is is and i'm sure people could say it well on september 18th of 1997 i was i was reborn that was the day i was reborn well according to scripture christ knew you before you were born and knew you before the foundations of the earth so which is it yeah i, I see what and, you're saying yeah so, so my argument to this all, before I cover my little argument on sanctification, because this all funnels into the same piece here, is 
God is the one doing the work. God is the one that justifies us. God is the one who calls us. God is the one who redeems us, regenerates us, reconciles us to him through the son of Jesus Christ. It is God doing all of the work. That doesn't negate man's responsibility in, in regards to being in the pursuit of holiness, but all of that can't happen until God does the work in us. And, and I find you can get some synergism in, in, uh, in, in, in some pieces of, of salvation. You know, there are the Arminian circles that um, believe in a more synergistic you know, salvation. Um, you know, there's many people in the reform camps. There's it's big in the Protestant movement across you know the world, and people like to hold on to this "I did something" action, and I think that's the problem we run into with sanctification, is that we want to cling to a work saying, and and I hear it all the time people say salvation is is monergistic, and then salvation is synergistic, and I'm sure you both have heard that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what if salvation is not synergistic in, in, the, in the scope that you think it is? And by that, I mean, God doesn't care how many times you read your Bible. That's not going to make you more sanctified. God doesn't care how many times you pray. That doesn't make you more sanctified. God doesn't care how many times you help your neighbor cross the road. That doesn't make you any more sanctified. Because if we take the definition of sanctification, it's the um the progressive movement towards holiness and to be more holy what do you have to do you have to be completely and utterly obedient upon all of god's laws and as christ sums those up it's love god with all your heart soul and mind love your neighbor as yourself in those all the laws are found so if we were to say that I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. Who actually gets the glory in those moments? Yeah, but somebody somebody that is saying I I I that's a red flag. Yeah. I mean, so, sure. so you can't you can't really I think paint that broad of a stroke. And I hear what you're saying. I'm, with, I'm not I'm not done yet though, but keep okay. going. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because it isn't it isn't just a, a a broad stroke that I'm trying to paint. What I'm trying to say is, is I think we get too locked up into this viewpoint that sanctification is synergistic in the in the reflection of I must do these like you say I must do these things, not you in particular, but the right. person. Right. You know, that I, I have to do these things in order to be sanctified. Well, none of these things will make you sanctified in and of itself. Right. Only listening to the word preached and sharing the gospel with others are the, are the two biggest things. I mean, if you were to boil all of scripture down, what is the call of God's command? That is to go out into the world and share the gospel with all people. And if we say, okay, that is, you know, that is like the number one job of the Christian is to share and spread the gospel. And if we're not doing that, then all of the other works don't mean anything because you're not actually giving God the glory by just helping your neighbor unload the groceries and take them into their house. Now, if you unload the groceries and, and then talk about Christ as you're doing it and, and give them the gospel, then you're bringing glory to God. Well, you can bring glory to God, I think, even if you pull over and, and, and help somebody with a flat tire and you don't necessarily mention, but you know, your act and how you hold yourself and everything that brings glory to God, because I don't agree with God doesn't care how much you read your Bible. I is think, that a commandment though? I'm not saying it's a commandment. What I'm saying <laughs> is that if we say that, then does God doesn't care that I'm going to get my gender changed because I'm still well, going to preach. But, but now you're, but now preach. you're, well, I'm now just saying, you're equating. Well, I get what you're coming from. You know what I'm saying? Because again, if we're not pursuing holy, biblical holiness, now I want, I want to stress that going to scripture, um, scripture alone in what God teaches and what Christ taught. And we've talked about this, you know, the two commandments God gives, but he fulfilled the law with every post that we do, you know, there is a 
you know, a directive, you know, when talking about IG, you know, you, you, you put these posts up and you got quotes from John Edwards, we got quotes from Spurgeon and everything. It is all very active. And this kind of goes into, you know, God's role and man's role in, in sanctification. I mean, so I guess a question would be, is there a role that man plays in sanctification? Is, is there an active and a passive role? I, I, I think there's an active role. But I also think it's heavily passive as well. And what I was what I was going to try to kind of aim towards and 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 one you know, you know how I do this. One of the reasons why I always like to be the, you know, contradictor is to stir up more conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but my my position is is sanctification obviously we can we know is is personal. We know that sanctification happens in every person. You both have mentioned that it's different for each person going forward in their life. My my ultimate definition of sanctification is this before you know I travel off in all my rabbit holes. This is our understanding it is a clear understanding each day of our justification. That is how we become sanctified. By realizing that it is Christ who saves us. And it is only Christ who can redeem us. Mm-hmm. And so as we progress each day, it's this, it's a daily renewing battle. I, I don't, I can't see sanctification as being more progressive in the fact that I'm somehow going to be more holy in 10 years than I am today, because I might not sin in the way I do sin today, but I'll sin in different ways then. But, you know, like, so for instance, uh, one of the things that I've noticed, at least in my personal walk since becoming a pastor, like I feel much more, I feel calmer. I feel more collected. I feel more in tune with, with what God is calling me to do, but I still struggle in other areas of my sin life. And so while some things like my anxiety or anger or something like that might've been kind of pulled away from me, other aspects are creeping up. And so you know, I, I think at the end of the day, I think what it boils down to is I think the the things that we put on display for people to see isn't the is it, it's smoke and mirrors. I don't think it's the real in of itself the the best way to define sanctification. And what I meant when I said God doesn't care about us reading the Bible. I mean, obviously he does. There is the, there's plenty of Old Testament commandments that we are to, you know, write scripture onto our hearts and paint it on our door posts. And so we can have it memorized. I mean, there's, there's plenty of scripture that talks about memorizing God's word. You know, Paul writes about in Ephesians, how we are to put on the armor of God. What is that? That is all of the pieces found in scripture to arm ourselves against the, against the world. And so, yes, reading scripture is exceptionally important and probably one of the most important things a christian can do is be familiar with the word of god and have it memorized but what i'm saying is in in reflection to our sanctification that will help us defeat our daily sin but at the end of the day you know those things don't technically make us more holy because it's when we defeat one sin another sin creeps in another desire another temptation comes to play and 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 that's just my view i don't think we progressively become holier or progressively become more sanctified i think we continuously fight in this trench of of hell for for this life that we are in and we are given the tools of of scripture and we are given the tools of preachers and that is how we go to battle janelle um, well, I guess I would have to say that um, I agree with you that you can't go back to a certain point and say, because of this, I am justified or because of this, I am sanctified. Um, I, When I was struggling with assurance of salvation, um, I brought it to a pastor at the time and, and he said, well, you said the sinner's prayer, right? And I said, well, yeah. And, and he was like, well, there you go. And I was like, you know, now I real, and you know, that didn't make me feel any better at the time. And I didn't realize why, but you know, so you can't, and I know for me, 
my, I don't know if I can put a moment in time as this is when I was regenerated. I just noticed a change and it was very slow and gradual. Um, I'm not sure if I agree with you so much on our things that, that we do that won't bring glory to God. Cause I, I think that me being where I am and in my calling as a wife and a mother and keeper in my home, I think if I'm doing those things and I'm doing those things well um, to the, to the best of my ability or with the help of the Holy spirit to do, to do it to the best of my ability, then I think that brings glory to God too. Um, so yeah, I kind of, <laughs> I lost my no, train of thought a little bit because no, I, I think you I, I said so much. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I have a problem with that, but I completely agree, Janelle. And, and, and I guess maybe it, sometimes when, when my mind is just flying off the hinge, I don't fully explain my ration of thought sometimes and that gets me into trouble. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, when I, when I'm trying to phrase it, you know, a, a position on something as, as intricate and complex as sanctification, it, it can get muddy because I do agree that from what you're saying, those things do bring glory to God. Yeah. Um, and so to use that terminology, anything that we do to help other people can bring glory to God. But I think we can also recognize that from a works standpoint, God doesn't need those works to be wholly just and glorified. So God doesn't need the works, but our neighbor does. I think what we're talking about again is, is, is man and our tendencies to boast. Okay. So there's yeah. a, dif- there's yeah. a difference here. Yeah. So, you know, with sanctification. So thank you for being the brains here. Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> um, with sanctification, let me go back to one thing you said about a calling. Look, I'd said in my testimony and I stand by it. I always knew there was God. God was always talked about in my, in my home. And I think that with respect to when were you regenerated, when did God put that new heart in you? Um, I think there was a process leading up to me putting my faith in Christ. And I do remember the exact moment in the sense of when I got on my hands and knees and I was at a point of, I was utter despair. I was empty. I was inside empty, but that's the point where it was the realization. So I think there are things with, okay, when were you actually regenerated? Those are the hidden things that only God knows. So for us to kind of pinpoint and try to pinpoint and and define these types of things and how does it work? It all becomes speculation. Moving into what we're talking about with sanctification and man's role in that, we talked a little bit about the passive and active I think, you know, obviously the passive role is we depend on God to sanctify us, as you were talking about. And the active role is is striving to obey God and taking the steps that, you know, it does increase our sanctification because certainly when you put your faith in Christ, it's not like it's a magic pill or magic bullet and, and all of your sins and all of your desires and everything are just gone. So every day as you're moving through and I'll use the term shedding, you're shedding these uh, old desires and, and, and old patterns, you're in that process of, uh, of that sanctifying process that we talk about in sanctification. And you are being made holy, not you aren't doing it, but the Holy Spirit is doing a wonderful work. So if we look at the passive role a little bit in Romans 6.13, you yield yourselves to God as men who have been brought from death to life. You know, again, you know, present your bodies to the living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. It's 12.1 Romans. And then 8.13, mm-hmm. if by the spirit you put you put to death the deeds of your body, you will live. Um, it is the work of God. But the active role that we play is clearly outlined in, in, in 8.13. If by the spirit you put to death the deeds of your body, you will live. So mm-hmm. I can look in my life. And, and see where things that had um, kept me in chains, I had to kill them. You know, you kill sin before it kills you, right? Who said that? Mm-hmm. John, Owen. John Owen. Thank you. <laughs> so it was a test. I knew. Just kidding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just sinned. I lied, didn't I? <laughs> um, 
But the sanctification, we, pl- we play an active role in it. And, you know, growing in holiness and, and maturing as a Christian and the obedience part of it, uh, it's, again, I'll say it is not by anything we as finite men can do or women can do. It's by all by the work of the Holy Spirit, but but clearly there is a call to be self-disciplined and to be self-controlled. Those are all, you know, imperatives in scripture, right? So if you really think about like the sanctification process, you know, the impact, and I think we can probably dissect scripture, but you know, it does, it hasn't, has the effects on our, you know, on our emotions, on our will, on our spirit, on our intellect, the spirit and our physical bodies, because if I'm refraining from um, and walking away from a, a a life of smoking pot after I put faith in Christ, that's going to impact me in a positive way in everything I just listed, right down to mm-hmm. my physical body. So it's all about the motive, you know. Going back to yeah, I'm going to highlight what I've done, boasting. You know, you know, my motive for obedience is to have a deeper desire to walk with God because I love what he's done for me. And this is what God sees. God sees the motive. And I think too often, you know, whether you're falling on the Calvin side, you're falling on the Lutheran side. And, you know, when we try to explain these things, you know, the bottom line is, you know, to say that sanctification isn't, and you didn't say this, I'm not, I'm just speaking out loud here to say Mm. that it's, it's not real or, it's not, yeah. it's, you know, it's not progressive. It's not this, it's not that, you know, and you're only pointing to justification. I don't think you're reading scripture and applying it properly. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if Janelle wants to add anything. I have a little snippet of a paragraph I'd like to read just to kind of help sum up some of my thoughts, but I'll let her take the home if she has anything. Um, well, I think the way that I just look at it is that I don't look at my good works as, oh, I'm saved because I do this, or, oh, I'm sanctified because, or I'm, this is my sanctification. Um, I know that sanctification is the work of the Holy Spirit in me, um, but I look at those good works as evidence of that mm-hmm. and coming like, I've, as yeah, it's fruit. You have the fruit of the Spirit and it's going to show. And so, I think, and I've said this before, coming from someone who struggled with assurance of salvation, like that, that helps me to see those good works. And then um, I also have to say that I agree with you a little bit, Anthony, where, you know, I desire to be more holy. I desire to be more Christ-like. And so I'm trying. I think that I'm making an an active effort to do those things. You know, I know that I will fail because I'm sin and I'm wretched. And but I think that I don't know. I lost my train of well, thought. But. Well, but you brought up a good, great point. You're with being wretched and you know I'm a sinner and everything. But we shouldn't wallow in that. What, no, what, no, right? and I don't. I wasn't. And I wasn't saying you were doing that. I'm yeah. just saying, you, just, you just made me think of that because that's kind of the the verbiage and, and what you hear so much in the reformed circle. I'm oh, absolutely. This. And it's like, wait a minute, man. Right, we put on the blood of Christ. We are new. We are beautiful. We should, we should, uh, we should be joyful, overjoyed about about that, and 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 speak of it in in that way instead of. You know, again, it's all motive, right? It's all motive and, and, and what's in our heart and the intent of our heart with all these things. Sorry to interrupt. No, I think I lost my train of thought, but, but you're right. Like we're not, you know, the Holy Spirit is in us. So it's not like we're wretched, right? So, um, but yeah, I had lost my train of thought. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> no, that's good. It happens. I, I, I deal with it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like I'll literally will be recording an episode. Then I have to pause it going. I don't know what I just said. Yeah. No clue. It, well, just, and to sum up the thought about wretched, I mean, certainly I think in, in going back to something you said, Alex, you know, sin should point you to the cross because we, mm-hmm. it's not by anything we accomplish, but certainly, you know, we know that um, if we return to that vomit to, to, you know, our old self, I mean, 
you know, and your your conscience plays a role in this. Uh, and, and I've been posting stuff uh, re- respect with respect to that from John MacArthur. I think it's just been wonderful and, and eye opening. But you know, it brings it does it brings displeasure to God. It, it breaks yeah. you know, it, it breaks that that union temporarily, and that's why it, you know you don't let you don't let the sun go down on your sin. You re, we repent, we repent daily. It's a daily edification. You know, we edify ourselves daily. You know, in in scripture and in the word of God and, and, and in knowing what Christ accomplished uh, on the cross. So, it, you mm-hmm. know, there's, there's that discipline that we want to stay within. You know, Paul talks about discipline and running the race, finishing mm-hmm. the race. I mean, this, mm-hmm. these are all very active things in, in, yes. in the Christian law. It doesn't save you, does not save you. But, you know, as if God is giving you years and days and years to live, Certainly, he 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 expects he us. He talks, you know, first Peter, right, yeah. to to pursue holiness. Obviously, mm-hmm. like the thief on the cross, you know, God had a plan for him. That specific moment, he he didn't do anything, but he put his faith in Christ. He acknowledged, and yep. that's what it's about. Yeah, and I think to to maybe clarify a prior point that I was trying to make again is is the distinguishment between. Um, our boasting and our works and what God is actually doing in us. And I think those who are more on the stream to boast fall more into the traps of that. I was trying to describe earlier in reflection of, you know, making it look like they were the ones that, you know, achieved these things. You know, the, I made the the choice for Christ. Mm. I prayed the sinner's prayer. I, you know, I, 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 and those I think who are, you know, true Christians, those who truly understand, realize that they have no dependency on, upon themselves and all of it falls back to Christ. And I, I want to read these couple paragraphs that are really short here really quick. And maybe this can help kind of sum up my, my off the wall thoughts here for you guys. Uh, the relationship between justification and sanctification isn't mere theological debate reserved for academics. One understanding of this relationship directly affects Christian living. For example, if one mistakenly believes justification to function in such a way that negates progressive sanctification, there would be no motive to mortify the flesh and sin. However, sanctification never should be viewed as a legalistic method by which one earns salvation as if justification did not exist. There must be a healthy balance between the two, understanding what justification and sanctification is distinct but connected. Mm. Luther's two kinds of righteousness as a whole serves the Christian in his or her daily battle with sin. I find sections from Propositions 2 and 6 particularly helpful in clearly stating the connection and distinguished and distinction between the relationship of justification and sanctification. Preposition 2. Therefore, everything which Christ has is ours, graciously bestowed on us, unworthy men, out of God's sheer mercy, although we have we w- we have rather deserved wrath and condemnation and hell also. Uh, Luther, and then there's a whole other paragraph, but Luther sums up the statement of blessings Christians receive through this glorious transaction. It is though this doctrine that we are uh, justified and is only by this doctrine that we can stand before God and be counted blameless in his sight. This statement is highly significant because in it we have description of the direct effects of Christ's imputed righteousness, which leads us to say with Paul, blessed be God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in our heavenly places. It's Ephesians 1.3. Uh, preposition 6 states the second kind of righteousness is our proper righteousness not because we alone work it but because we work for we work with that first in alien righteousness this is the manner of life spent prof, uh, profitably in good works and slaying the, uh, the flesh and crucifying the desires with respect to self this righteousness consists in love to one's neighbor and meekness to fear towards god so Breaking all of it down, Luther has, uh, you know, points you to two types of righteousness. One that's found in us, which is the righteousness of Christ that we are given by being justified in Christ. And then the second kind of righteousness is the one that we display 
to the world in our works. Hmm. So all that to really say, I mean, we can agree justification and sanctification are graces of the gospel. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and they always, from what's from, and from what you just read, what Luther wrote, I guess, what was that from, by the way? Uh, it was just an article of uh, a pastor I came across. Okay. Um, so basically, they always accompany each other, right? And mm-hmm. and both justification and sanctification, they do what? They deal with the sinner's sin. Yeah. Right? It's, it's extremely important, um, I think, to to hold on to. And that's why we opened up the, the show with talking a little bit about justification. And I'll go ahead and throw out a... Uh, a Luther and a Calvin quote, because I think with respect to justification, they're absolutely on the same page. So Luther says it is the doctrine by which the church stands or falls. It's Martin Luther. Okay. And John Calvin says it's the, it's the principal hinge of all religion. So uh, when we talk about sanctification and we talk about pursuing holiness, it is always in light of justification what god has done i just you cannot separate the two completely agree yeah i think it was um one of my favorite quotes of jc ryle is you know tell me not of your justification unless you also have some marks of sanctification boast not of christ's works for you unless you can show the spirit's work in you and it just kind of shows that you know just like as we talked about that they go together yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you know how many times I've run into, uh, and I don't know if you guys have, I've run into people and they go to the kind of feel good churches um, that I won't name names, but you know, <laughs> like the Joel Steen or <laughs> Rick Warren. I didn't, I didn't name names did I? Um, but you know, you, you run into these type of people that watch those kinds of things and you, um, you hear, uh, you know, it was awesome. Went to Sunday, got my Jesus fix, man. Worship, I was just, oh, I was lit up, fire coming out of me. I, I, I mean, I've run into so many folks that have said that have said that, and even young adults, which is extremely concerning because they view, they view, they they view youth group, and they view these uh, these traditions that are being created in these types of of the modern visible church as um, going to get an experience to get my fix, my Jesus fix. And it, it, they play; they're playing loose with, with, uh, with Christ and with things in Scripture, cherry picking. So, you know, when we talk about pursuing holiness and sanctification, these are the types of things that are not discussed. They are not discussed that I know of. And we we interviewed David, um, who went to Rick Warren's church. It's a great episode. I don't remember the name, but it's leaving the seeker sensitive uh, church. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, his testimony. Oh, that was a great episode. Yeah, so he talked about that. You know, he, Rick Warren doesn't talk about sanctification and 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 sin. And and I know from the the, the clips that I've re- uh, I've watched from Joel Olstein, nothing. Right down to Carl Lentz, and look at and I'll use Carl Lentz as a perfect example. You know, he put on this big facade of 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 he took on the world, he took on the look of the world, the language of the world, everything, nothing, nothing scripture. He, you know, I, I would I would go as far, and I this might sound ju- judgmental, but um, again, playing loose with with the word of God, and I mean, clearly the evidence was that. Was he pursuing holiness? I sure didn't see the evidence of it. And some might say that's judgmental, but look, you know, if he's, if he's proclaiming um, Jesus Christ and he's built his fortune on the bloodied back of Jesus Christ, our Savior, I think it's, it's righteous, um, like righteous anger. It is, it is okay to question, wait a minute, you're, you're talking about my Savior here. And portraying him in a false light with a false gospel, and that's what you see with all these pastors falling from grace. And and I would I would say that they are not they are not seeking or pursuing holiness. What they're seeking is affirmation from the world, taking on to look like the world. And that's why Christianity is in the state it is because we don't talk about sanctification. So I'll end my rant, my rant right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I have to say I agree with you because and it comes down to the evidence because like his evidence was worldly. 
And so it just showed that he was going after worldly things, not Christ things, not holiness. Yeah. What'd you say, Alex? He, he's a whitewashed tomb. Yeah. I mean, we, tomb. You know, we, we talk about people that are, that, you know, people try to say, oh, you're so legalistic or a whitewashed tomb because you're talking about pursuing holiness or, or this, that, or the other with respect to sanctification. But look at, look at these guys like Furtick and, and, and what's their evidence? The, what mm-hmm. I'm seeing Rick Warren is the evidence is they're pursuing money, the pursuit of money, the pursuit of worldly happiness. Get your best life on mansions. Right. I mean, come on, but we're called the Pharisees. Yep. You know, when you want to. Well, that's the other. That's it right there. You know, um, Sunday night at my uh, Bible study with my church and patrons, I had a moment where we were talking about burying the cross because we're coming to that point in Matthew. or Mark 8, where Jesus is telling his disciples and the crowd that if anybody were to follow him, that to to deny themselves and pick up their cross. And I said, you know, two years ago, I probably would have told you, um, you know, I would have given you a list as a, a, you know, somebody preaching a list of things to do that, you know, you could deny yourself and pick up your cross. I said, but the the end of the day, you create yourself a a works-based theology system. But there is a difference between those who are obedient to Scripture, those who are obedient to the Word of God, and those who look to use God as a paycheck. And mm-hmm. these big pastors care not for anything of, uh, that is righteous. They care not for anything that is truly scriptural. They just use the Bible as a means to make themselves millions of dollars. And they do it on the backs of Christians who are ignorant and, and don't have any understanding. Yeah. Absolutely. We, we pick up our cross and, and we walk to be more like Christ um, and to obey the things that the commandments of Christ. And, you know, and if you're going to view cherry pick, you know, what are the two commandments? Uh, and you're going to cherry pick out, love your neighbor. Cause that's what always happens again. Mm-hmm. Wear your mask, right? <laughs> you, you know, love your neighbor. I mean, with, with anything you, 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 you're taking it out of context. The application yep. is, is not correct because if you love God, you are going to seek to please God, because you were bought, like I said earlier, you were bought with a price that rings in my head before you, you know, you, you're tempted to do something. Is this going to please or displease God? It's, it's not the other way around where you're like, well, you know, that's antinomianism. Uh, well, I'm, I said the prayer, I'm good. So yeah. I, I can, I can steal this. I can, I can go out and change my gender. <laughs> I can, I can go punch people in the face because that's my truth. You know, but I'm still proclaiming Christ because there are countless people. The application and how you apply scripture, it's just, it's non-existent. You know, when we talk about obedience and we talk about law and we talk about sanctification, it's all in light of scripture and, you know, and, and biblically understanding it to the point where we do live it out. You see Paul, you see Peter, Paul's work with, you know, the Galatians. Right, his his plea to the Galatians was to for them to be sanctified. Why are mm. you Why are you Why are you entertaining looking at a false gospel? He was pleading with them. So I think with Scripture, for me and, and what I see from beginning to end is uh, God's work, Christ. But it it is a walk. It, it it is a walk. It's a journey, and it's it is pursuing holiness, and it's out of love for what God has done for us. And I suspect I'll probably get lots of hate mail for the things I've said on the show today. <laughs> you think so? Come on now. Dude, I always, well, I always get hate mail. I don't really care. <laughs> Bring it on. Well, I think with podcasting, you know, you, you know, we, we say things, um, and, you know, it's important to clarify, you know, what we, what we, what we've talked about. And obviously we don't really think, Alex, that that you meant that God doesn't care. You can go live your best <laughs> life now. <laughs> In closing, 
Alex, so you're now a pastor. Mm-hmm. You look at these other pastors from from Scripture, like I said, you know, Luke, Paul, uh, Peter, mm-hmm. John, and isn't your desire, your 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 biblical godly desire for your flock that that God has entrusted to you to be sanctified and to pursue holiness to become more Christ-like? Absolutely. Amen. Um, I mean, my my whole my whole premise and and this is the thing we'll be talking about Sunday at our annual meeting is for me to be diligent in bringing God's word into this church and allowing the Holy spirit to, to just move in this building. And, you know, look, we're not going to be, um, I mean, I can't say that because I don't know what God is going to take this church. I mean, we could, we could, we could do great things or we could just be a small community church that just does great things in our local area. I, I don't know where God's pulling it, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you know, I've been tasked to be a shepherd of this flock and, and, you know, even despite all of the chaos in the world, God mm-hmm. has given me this opportunity to go forward and make disciples in this community. And he's planted me here in Iowa. And that is my, that is my task. I want to be, you know, the Paul and Peter and John and, you know, Luke and all of these guys. I want to be like that. I want to be like Polycarp and Justin Martyr and right. Martin Luther and, you know, John Knox, you know, you were striving in a very active role mm-hmm. to, to bring glory to God. Right. Exactly. And, 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 that, and that's exactly what we talk about. The sanctifying process, progressive in, because, because I'll say this and I'm not trying to trap you here. I'm just pointing it out. <laughs> your, your beginning here as a pastor, just think of it 15 years from now, your progress as sure. a pastor, as a shepherd. So I, I think that's, I'm just trying to highlight and, and, and show, uh, you know, whoever might be listening, you know, that it is a very progressive thing because you're going to look back and you're going to be very different in, in, in your growth, in, in your walk to pursuing holiness and turning it to Janelle, the same would be said for you and your role as, as a godly mother, right? Yeah. I mean, I was just thinking that like all three of us are parents and I think that, you know, that is something that we are, we want to strive for as we shepherd our children. Mm -hmm. And again, Christian walk isn't all a smooth path. If anything, your eyes are open. It, it, it is a, it is a, tough path and that's why christ said it's, it's a narrow narrow road so yeah absolutely that's my view of sanctification i think it's, it's encompassed in this conversation it's uh um it's ongoing and i i think it's again i've, I've said it a hundred times i think it's a beautiful beautiful evidence it's a beautiful thing we should do an episode on assurance <laughs> mm. oh yeah. man <laughs> We'll have, we'll have Janelle come on for sanctification three, the immer- the assurance. Oh no! <laughs> you in Janelle? Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, that would be great. All I right. have a lot to say about assurance. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a there's a lot of meat there. Yep. A lot of what Janelle was saying, uh, you know, I went through the same type of thing with respect to assurance. I think there is a lot of meat. I'd love to. Mm-hmm dive into that it's it's an important topic too because there's so many people that struggle with it i know anthony you mentioned that you get dms i've gotten dms it's people and i've had people want me to tell them that they're saved and i can't do that and i i won't do that because you know i'm not going to give them you know that's not my place i was just gonna say I, i don't think it's the place of any social media personality to say that absolutely and I could only tell a person in my church that they're saved because I can physically talk to them. Yeah. Nobody on the internet should ever give you the assurance of your salvation. Yeah. You should be in with a pastor face to face. Yeah. I think we can, we can dive into this when we do that episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but, Precursor. I think it's good to recognize your sin. And sometimes mm-hmm. when people recognize their sin, they, they, start feeling, oh my goodness, I'm not good enough. And so, but I always look at it like, well, you know, you're recognizing your sin and that's a good thing. That is a good, exactly. Well put. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Glad I could contribute. (laughs) There you go. 
Yeah, it's I'm I, I look forward to that conversation because there is a lot that uh, we can really spend time talking about. And hopefully it'll be as edifying as I hope this episode was. And yeah. um, despite my rantings going off into all the different directions, uh, I hope that I was able to clarify my position. And, and you know, I would agree, Anthony, at some juncture, I think you can say that sanctification, at least the, the second part of it would be, you know, the, would be evidenced and progressive that, you know, we do become more open to helping people and loving our neighbors mm-hmm. and doing those types of works, that yeah. second type of righteousness. Um, and then I think for the internal, the, the first righteousness is, is a constant at that moment it doesn't progress, but we just become more in, in tune with our justification and the realization that we are made righteous in the eyes of God. So with that, uh, any closing thoughts? We're at an hour and almost 40 minutes now. No, I, I don't have any any closing thoughts other than I, I think um, I, I think this was a great episode. I think that, uh, you know, it, it opened uh, different rabbit holes appeared or what have you. So. <laughs> that we can explore and and that's what i love about the uh this this blessing of, 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 of talking with brothers and sisters in christ and mm-hmm. and that's what this podcast is about it's really kind of a open forum and discussing and kind of hammering out and growing in in, in our faith so um, i appreciate both of you guys and thank you yeah and janelle thank you for taking the time mm-hmm. to come on and, and hang out with us and, and deal with our ridiculous trains of thoughts <laughs> mostly mine no i and uh, i really appreciate the invite and i had a lot of fun and i hope that you know i contributed something <laughs> i know, know i was i know i was a little quiet but you know it's my first time i'll get the hang of it <laughs> next time then right yeah yeah, yeah next right. time all right good stuff well ladies and gentlemen uh be sure to uh, go and follow Janelle on social media and uh, get involved with her content. She produces some amazing stuff. And also check out that article she wrote on undyinglight.org. You will not be disappointed. She can write mm-hmm. like a champ. So with that, uh, I'm out. I'm going to go not to sleep because I can't sleep. That's my life now. And uh I will see you guys later. God bless. All right, God bless. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.